BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, my favorite people. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Today, we have a very special episode for you with hands down the oldest guest that I've ever had. And that's a compliment. Um, I'm not just sitting here telling you, oh my gosh, this person is so old. She is 102 years old, Gladys McGarry. And she is so inspiring. She blew me away. She is still a practicing doctor functional medicine doctor at 102 years old. She is the mother of holistic medicine. She literally coined the term holistic. She had to decide how it was going to be spelled and everything, which is incredible because holistic medicine is something that I am so passionate about and something that we talk all about on this podcast. So today we are not only talking to Gladys about how to live a well-lived life, which is the title of her latest book, which is all about the six secrets to health and happiness at every age. But we're also talking about longevity in the sense of how do we want to feel when we get older? This was such a cool conversation because I don't know about you guys, but when I talk to my dad, for example, people who are older in my life. My dad's 76. He'll be 77 tomorrow, actually. Leo, Leo man, all the Leo birthdays around me. He always says, an old dog can't learn new tricks. I'm too old to change, yada, yada. And this was so incredible because when I told this to Gladys, she was like, he's only 76. What is he talking about? He's a kid. He has so much to learn ahead of him. And I just loved all of her tips. We also really, really resonated with each other on the level of spirituality. So she's not necessarily, that's not really her thing, is talking about spirituality. She's a functional medicine doctor, but she was holding study groups in the 50s, in the 1950s, to talk about the work of Edgar Cayce, who is one of the original clairvoyants who wrote tons of books on 
the Akashic Records and Awakening and basically our spiritual connection to realms beyond. He was a trans channel. And the fact that she was interested in that really blew me away because sometimes I think I'm over here ahead of my time. And our listeners were ahead of our time with some of the concepts that we're interested in. But we're not ahead of our time compared to someone like Gladys. She was truly into this stuff in the 50s. She was into nutrition, longevity, health and wellness. And she was willing to go against the grain. So this was a very special conversation. I know you guys are going to love it. And thank you to everybody who entered our big wellness giveaway last week. We're going to do another one this week. So all you have to do to enter is rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Email me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancebond.com. And for bonus points, tag me on your Instagram stories. Tell us that you're listening to the show. Tell us where you are when you're listening. And I will repost you and enter you to win. And with that, let's get into this conversation with the very inspiring, youthful, radiant, amazing, 102-year-old doctor, Gladys McGarry. Hello, Dr. Gladys. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. You are by far the oldest guest that we've ever had on the show, which also prompted me to think who maybe the next oldest would be, which I'm pretty sure is my dad, who's 76. But 76 probably sounds very young and spry to you. Because He's my kid. Totally. <laughs> yes. During COVID, I decided my children were the elderly, but I was the ancient one. <laughs> yes, the ancient and the wise. That's the way to be. Anyway, do you have any friends who are the same age as you or older? No, they're all on the other side. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. incredible. How does it feel to be the oldest person that you know? just feels like it feels like you know? mm -hmm. just you feels know? like your life I have friends and ch children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and life is going on and you know so it's it's amazing it just is totally awesome yes yes <laughs> what a gift to be able to see your great-grandchildren grow and you have six kids I saw and how old is your oldest kid my oldest kid uh, 76. Oh, so truly just like my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 1946, baby. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. Amazing. Well, you are such an inspiration. I'm so honored to have you on the show today to talk about everything from your outlook on holistic medicine to you being the mother of holistic medicine, as you are called and a recent author. And I want to talk about all of those things with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Isn't it awesome that this could happen? Yes. I mean, for me, in my life, actually, when we didn't, I never had a cell, I never had a telephone. There was just telegraphs. There was no way of communicating from here to, you know, any place. But here we are face to face talking. Isn't this awesome? I mean, it's life so awesome. 
it's pretty incredible that you can be there in Arizona and I'm here in Los Angeles and we just get to connect. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So tell us about the process of writing your latest book, The Well-Lived Life. Well, I had written books before and all of them had, had a medical bent. They had to do with my process in medicine mm -hmm. and how I, life was you know, just what was going on with diseases and, and all of that. But there was something that I call it the juice, call it the essence of what it was that I wanted to get across. And that was not, although the medical part of it was dealt with, the very essence of what healing is all about was not. And so I had to find a way in which the reality of what really does the healing within the human body, our true humanity, whatever does what does that real healing had to be addressed. So that's why this book. And what's your take on true healing? Love. In essence, love does the healing. All the uh, different modalities and so on, if they are not done with love, the healing isn't the same. Mm. The healing, the true healing happens as the patient or the recipient receives the message that with love, they have the process, they have the power, they have not only the ability, but the reality of healing happens when they love themselves enough to let the healing happen. Mm, yes, I find that to be very true in my life, as I've had chronic illness for pretty much my whole life. But definitely for the last six to eight years, it's been a bit of a struggle. And I find that when I'm feeling my best and my most energized, has everything to do with my mindset, even though I have these physical pains, and that kind of stuff. So what would be your advice to people like myself who are living with chronic pain or chronic Ill illness? Well, you know, conventional medicine or allopathic medicine or anyway, the goal of medical treatment is to get rid of pain and to get rid of disease. And I don't see it that way because I, I love working with people who have some kind of illness that they have never really been able to get rid of. Like, well, like Franklin Roosevelt, you know, he had chronic post-polio syndrome and look what he did. If we can understand that the pain or the disease itself is really a messenger. It's telling us from our either our mind or our body, wherever it's coming from, there's something here that needs to be looked at and dealt with. And you can figure out how to do it because nobody else can. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. I totally agree in my short 32 years so far on this planet, that's been something that has felt really true to me. The pain that I have from autoimmune conditions has such a message. I think pain is very wise on a spiritual and energetic level. Is that something that you believe? 
Oh, yeah. You know, why do you think we mothers kiss a baby's boo-boo? You know, that's what heals the boo-boo. It's yeah. uh, the, the little person comes along, and he's hurting and holds it up and you kiss it and it's gone. Yeah. And it's a, a whole process of being aware that if we are alive, we're going to feel things. Mm-hmm. And the things that we feel are either uh, something that we are in the process of dealing with or we're trying to get rid of. And if we're trying to get rid of it and haven't learned the lesson that we have learned from it or are working with, it's going to still be there. And, you know, some of the most important people that I know who have done the most important things are people who have chronic illnesses who have never gotten over them. I have a a friend and a patient for 50 years who just died last month, but she lived with one quarter of one kidney. Now that's impossible. Yeah. But when she was 18 months old, she climbed a ladder and fell into a trip. She was here in Arizona and she slipped and fell into a tar bucket and injured the one kidney so badly that uh, she lost that and then developed pyelonephritis and lost it with the rest of the other. But one quarter of one kidney now, how that's just all of us who were physicians working with her through these many 50 years never knew how she did that. But she did it by tuning in with herself for the lesson that she had to learn that time, that day, that minute. You know, she lived in the moment. Yes. And did what she needed to do for that moment. And she went on to the next. She was an inspiration to all of us. That's so inspiring. So basically the message that the pain has can change day to day is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I call these people, people live with living medicine. They are living medicine people. I have this friend, she now has moved to Mexico because she just kind of person that she is and she's so amazing. But she has dealt with pain all her life. But she's an artist. She's a painter. And what she has done with pain is when when the pain gets too bad, when she just feels like she's just not going to be able to handle it, she reaches for her paints, her painting. And she paints anything. Uh, she'll paint her shoes or her purse or the her back yard or anything that she has until what she calls the ting start the pain ting there's the point at Ooh. which there's a point at which she could deal with it and then she'd put her paints away but until then she has the most beautiful clothing because she paints on her dresses and she's awesome she wow my mind is blown And as a creative person or someone who at least loves creativity and writing, I think writing is my form of what painting is to her. Yeah, That just makes me so moved to hear because, yeah, yeah, you can reframe anything with your mind. And that's so cool. If you have a 
a cut on your arm and you pick at it and you pick at it and you pick at it, it's never going to heal. It always scabs over. But if you let it, if you let it heal and, and understand that it's going to heal, you'll look back at it and you say, oh, I remember you, you know. Yeah. It won't. It'll either have a scar or something that will remind you of it. And it may start hurting again, but it's not going to be the same as it was when it started. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I love that outlook so much. <laughs> we are talking about AG1 in this episode. I'm so obsessed with AG1. They are a foundational nutritional supplement that is so delicious. It's how I start every single day. First, I wake up, I play with Atticus, I go into the kitchen, I make my AG1 and I froth it up with my favorite frother. And then I make my coffee or matcha because I haven't been doing as much caffeine lately. And I just feel incredible sticking to this habit. I have made AG1 a daily part of my life and it has given me so many benefits from a boost in energy. I just really love the energy that it gives me when it hits my body, immune system support. Um, And I just wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. I have also noticed improvements with my gut and my skin. It's just such a good way to start your day. I also love that they're raising the standard for quality in the supplement category and they're helping you build your health from foundation up. I also get the travel pack so I don't ever have to miss a day. Plus it tastes amazing. I just mix it with water or into a smoothie and feel good knowing that I'm taking care of my health. My first priority. So if you want to take ownership over your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash blonde. That's drinkag1.com slash blonde. Check it out. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey Kreppel, full-time YouTuber, part-time preschool teacher, and now the host of the podcast Circle Time. Join me every week as me and my guests mix the childlike wonder and conversational openness and acceptance of preschool that we're all nostalgic for with the realism, honesty, and wisdom baked into adulthood. With classroom-structured roots, we'll rehash standout moments of day-to-day life, dive into buzzy pop culture moments, and really just get to know each other on a deeper level. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Kreppel and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Time. So in your book, you talk about the six secrets of longevity, and I love what those six secrets are because they're not complicated. They're not what we hear about today to stay young, quote unquote, is 
people are doing NAD IVs, they're getting Botox, they're doing everything to try to maintain their youth. And the six secrets to longevity that you share are available to all of us. And they're ancient, they're ancient wisdom. So can you share with us what some of those are? I'll get to the secrets, but let me get to them after I go through my five L's. Okay, Okay, please. Yes. The first one is life. Life is just by itself, has all the energy of the universe is just within life. And in the pyramids, you can find seeds that have been there for 5,000 years. They haven't done anything. They've just been sitting there with all that energy of the universe within that shell until love steps in in the way of water and sunshine and so on. And it gets activated. It cracks the shell and the and energy gets activated. Life and love are a unit for the essential work working of life itself and our actual human being. In fact, when you think of a pregnancy, a pregnancy is when the sperm and the ovum connect. When love connects the sperm and the ovum, then the then the being, our individual being begins to create. And so the whole pregnancy is that process but the point at which the baby well i'll get there's another aspect to this so life and love are the first the second the third uh, l is laughter laughter without love is mean it's cruel mm-hmm. laughter with love is happiness and joy the fourth l is labor Labor without love is drudgery. I got to do the divers. I got to go to work. You know, and you drag yourself along. It hurts too bad. Anything that's keeping you there. But labor without love isn't drudgery. It's what you're doing. It's bliss. It's what you're doing. What you're doing. It's what I do. It's what a painter paints. It's it's what a singer sings. Labor with love is bliss. It's Mm -hmm. completely different. The difference between night and day, darkness and light. And the fifth L is understanding with love. The uh, understanding that comes with love. Without love, it's the empty gog, plain, simple. It's empty sound. If you're not listening to what you are saying to yourself or what someone is saying to you, you don't hear it. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you not only don't hear it, you absolutely don't understand it. But once you understand it, you take it in and you can begin to do what it is that you need to do because understanding. I have a watch here that if it says I fell. I did not fall. Oh, no. <laughs> Just because we're having so much fun. I don't know why picked up on something. talking to people this watch says this. That's funny. That's a good little contraption, though. That's a good yeah. thing to have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so the five L's. I love I them. Know. Yeah. And so those lead into the six secrets of longevity. Yeah. And the first there is the very fact that life itself 
is the first secret. I mean, we need to know that we're alive. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Accept that that fact. But life has to move. If if life doesn't move, it gets stuck. Mm -hmm. And so the second is keeping it moving. If you find yourself stuck with pain or with anything that you know you're stuck, when you recognize your stuckness, if you continue to put your energy into that stuckness, you never get away with it from it. I mean, it stays. But if you can understand that that stuckness not only has the love with it, but it has to move. And the movement is physical movement, is anything. It, like, if you start wiggling your fingers, you're, if it's, it's a, anything that gets the whole energy of life going is huge. But if you don't get it moving, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. I love that. The moving. I mean, it's so true. Even on yeah. days when I'm feeling really sick from chronic illness and pain, if I stay in bed all day, which is what I want to do and what I, my body feels like it needs to do sometimes, then, you know, sometimes I need that rest. But other times, I feel so much better if I get up, I go to the gym, I walk around, I make my coffee, and then I start to feel like, okay, I can take on the day. I feel good. Right, right. Yeah. Because that stuckness, you know, people actually, I I have patients who feel stuck and they make the statement that, well, the doctor told me that I had to rest. And so to them, that means you just don't do anything. But in reality, resting is doing something. You have to be, if you understand that you're doing, like you just said, that you're doing something when you get up and you start moving, is you have taken the amazing energy and activity that we as human beings have, which is the one of making a choice of what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And it's t- totally dependent on how we are choosing to look at the issue that we're dealing with. If we're not going to be look with it as a possibility of something that can be changed, then we are stuck and life will die. Mm-hmm. Life cannot move cannot be really working unless there's movement it has yeah absolutely wow so that's one and two what is the third secret of longevity you're not alone you're not alone we're all in this world together you know i have the idea that when god created us as human beings he told us and he had just he created the whole earth and all that And then he says to us people, you know, you now, I give you your own will. You have the right of choice and so on. You are now in dominion. You have the dominion over the whole earth. We people got really puffed up and said, okay, that means we have dominance over the earth. And that we are not in charge of the care of the whole earth. But we'll take what we can do and do what we can do. 
and we have dominated the earth, and that's going the wrong way. I think it, the human race, maybe it was COVID that woke us up or something, is beginning to reach for the light. It's like E.T., you know, he wanted to go home. We all are reaching for our true humanity. And our true humanity is the same in, with all of us. I see the world as a huge jigsaw puzzle with each one of us, the one individual piece. And that individual piece, you can't put it in. If it won't fit, it won't fit. I've tried, you know. Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> it doesn't fit. And if you have a thousand piece puzzle and uh, you've done the whole puzzle and you've lost one piece, it drives you crazy. It's the reality that in spite of the fact that we are all the same, the, the puzzles, still we are entirely different. We have our own essence that is the juice that makes us live and be who we are. But we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other. I am so excited about our next sponsor, Branch Basics. I've been buying their products for years, and they are the only non-toxic cleaning supply brand that I recommend. I have bought Branch Basics for my parents, for my family, for my friends, even my housekeepers know this is the only cleaning supply brand that I allow to be used in our home. So I think when a lot of people make a transition into a healthier lifestyle, they think about food and make sure that they're buying organic produce, healthier brands, putting good quality nutrients into their body. But what a lot of people forget to do is make sure that their home products are also non-toxic. So what I love about Branch Basics is they are non-toxic, hypoallergenic, they're free of fragrances, hormone disruptors, and harmful preservatives. They're also baby safe and pet safe, which is a must when we're talking about being TBB approved. They are clean and cost effective. Their premium starter kit will provide you with everything you need to replace all of your toxic cleaning products in your home. So it is truly a no-brainer. If you suffer from eczema, allergies, asthma, make the switch to Branch Basics, you will be so happy. I truly use them for everything from cleaning my Vitamix to doing our laundry to cleaning our bathrooms. Like I'm telling you literally everything, you're going to love them. And of course, we have a special deal for you. Save 15% off and get free shipping on your starter kit when you use the code BALANCED at branchbasics.com. Again, that is code BALANCED for 15% off plus free shipping when you purchase a starter kit and we'll put the link in the show notes. Guys, we are talking about Stitch Fix, which is so perfect because I have recently done yet another closet purge and I've been so in the mood to really minimize and go minimal with my wardrobe, go a little more sophisticated, get a lot of new things. I've been talking about this on Instagram a lot and it seems like Many of you are in a similar position, so Stitch Fix just gets it. They also get your family. So for anyone else who's a mom, 
like myself with a child who's always growing out of their clothes. Stitch Fix makes shopping for clothing for your kids so much easier with comfy, cool styles in your kid's size and pieces starting at only $10. They do all the work. So you have the time to focus on all the other things on your busy plate as a mother, as a father, as a friend, family member, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself in your life. Stitch Fix is the best way to shop for the whole family especially for little ones, because you don't have to shop in a mall or in a store. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'm ever going to go to a mall again. So this is just convenient and easy. You'll save time. All you do is share your kid's size, their favorite colors and styles, and even what they are not into. And the clothes are starting at just $10. You can get 10 items in a kid's fix and you keep what you like and you send back the rest for free. There's no subscription required. So there's no commitment or risk. You can just try today. Atticus has loved everything we've picked out from Stitch Fix and so have I. Try Stitch Fix today at stitchfix.com slash balanced and get 25% off when you keep everything in your kid's fix. That's stitchfix.com slash balanced for 25% off stitchfix.com slash balanced. Enjoy. My eldest son is a retired orthopedic surgeon. And when he finished his training in orthopedics, he came through Phoenix and he was just on his way down to start his practice in Del Rio, Texas. And he said to me, mom, you know, he said, I'm going into the world. I'm going to have people's lives in my hands. He said, I don't think I can handle that. And I said to him, well, Carl, if you think you're the one that does the healing, you have a right to be scared. But if you can understand that it's your job to do this amazing work called orthopedic surgeon, which when we have a broken bone, we, we really need the orthopedic people. Mm-hmm. But I said, but then you understand when you've done your job, it's then time to turn that whole healing process over to the physician within the patient mm-hmm. who is now your colleague. That's the person wow. that you work with as you continue to do the healing. He's retired now and living in a, in a very nice place. Of, he's had llamas and, you know. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, and, and so it's, but it's that ongoing life process. Yes. That's so beautiful. The physician within, I believe in that so much. And it's incredible when doctors understand that and respect that. I've had a lot of doctors in my life who don't really seem to understand or respect the physician within. And they just look at their patient like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You didn't go to medical school. Take this put this ointment on and that's it. And that has never resonated with me. Yeah, because he really hasn't listened to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Get the understanding that goes with loving. Because if, you're, if your whole focus is one of getting rid of disease or getting rid of pain, there are times when you can't do that. 
Yeah. We, we started the American Holistic Medical Association. I can't begin to tell you the names we were called. Really? <laughs> what were you called? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to say. <laughs> well, we, we promise we'll never use those again. Uh, no, but that's wild. A, besides a witch doctor or anything. Witch like. doc- I love witch doctors. Yeah, but Quote you, unquote witch doctors. Yeah. But those things. The point was that, see, I started medical school when, during World War II. Wow. And I uh, started in school in September and the war started in December. So my whole training was during the war and we were getting rid of pain and getting rid of disease. And so when I actually started my practice in a little town in Ohio, I knew that that wasn't my whole purpose because while I was getting through medical school, the the dean sent me to the psychiatrist twice because I really kept asking these questions and and looking for something besides what we were being taught. And I was considered either, I, I don't know, but anyway. A troublemaker. Uh, yeah. And, and the psychiatrist sent me back to the school. Thank you. It, it was that kind of a thing that it an ongoing process. So when, when we started, uh, and I married Bill McGarry, and we he felt the same. He was a he was going to be a preacher, but then he met me, and he went into medicine. So, wow. so then we started our practice together, and it was process of learning to do what we could do. And according to my, what my mother always taught me was, you make do. She had this saying, "You make do." If you have something that you don't maybe think you have enough of one thing or another, or you don't have the answer for, you make do. So we made do, and we began to work with patients in in a way that worked for me, which meant I listened to who they were. I didn't understand the concept of the physician within, but I knew that I loved my patients. And so I knew that enough so that when I really got sick, the patients kept coming up the back steps of the hospital and <laughs> looking for me or, you know, it, it was it, just total turnaround. You yeah. Know? Wow. So it, it was that kind of a reality that said to me, there's more to it than, than you were taught. Mm-hmm. More, you must really keep looking for that. So when we came to Phoenix in 1955, people just were beginning to, pay attention to nutrition. There was a woman who created the book Silent Spring. And, you know, and it was about all about nutrition. And so these things were being talked about. And we really got interested also in the Edgar Cayce work Mm -hmm. and working with that and found that there was so much that we didn't have as trained physicians that was really important in the field of health and healing. And so Bill McGarry, Bill, began writing a letter, a newsletter that went to people who were who were thinking the way we were thinking and went around the world. 
Wow. The letter was called Pathways to Health. And this one day we got a letter, a reply letter from a guy in a mailman in Maine. And he said, three months ago, I injured my ankle and I nobody can figure out what's wrong with it. I've gone to all kinds of specialists. But he said, I got your newsletter and I had a sore throat and the newsletter talked about putting a castor or hook back on your throat. And he said, so I put I did that. And my ankle cleared up. Oh, wow. So he said, I don't know how that happened. And Bill and I looked at each other and we said, we don't have a clue. How in the world did that happen? So that news, Bill wrote that up in the newsletter. And a month later, we got an answer from a doctor in Italy who said, if you guys knew anything about acupuncture, you would know that the meridian started up and went all the way down the neck and into the toe. When the block was relieved at the neck, it was relieved at the ankle. And fortunately, uh, Nixon had just gone to, uh, to China and seen an appendectomy done by acupuncture. So the world was beginning to talk about this kind of thing. And so that's the way it evolved, but it took us. So so there were a whole bunch of physicians who were thinking the same kind of things that we were thinking, and we created the American Holistic Medical Association. But it took us two years to figure out how to spell holistic. Uh huh. The rootler word that we were looking for was health, healing, and holy. So you have to spell it with an H. Mm-hmm. So now. I guess about 10, 15 years ago, I was in the grocery store up here and I heard over the PA system, a hardware store down the street calling itself a holistic hardware store. <laughs> so I stopped my cart and I said, well, there you have it. You know, they the word has become a household word. They yeah. Don't it means but it's a household word, so we have to pick up the word that I'd been using, which is living medicine. Mm, love that. Yeah, so the in my process of, of working with things, we've moved, we've taken holistic and moved it into living medicine. I love that so much. Wow. Well, you created a household name of a word, so that's incredible. And something that I'm a huge fan of is holistic medicine oh, yeah. and holistic everything. Okay, so my listeners know I'm all about comfort and spending time in bed, whether I'm working, relaxing, watching Netflix, working on my next book, or truly anything. I even record the podcast in bed, and that has gotten so much better with Buffy bedding. It is so comfortable, you guys. It is amazing. I want to tell you all about their Breeze sheet set. 
I feel so passionate about our bedroom being our sacred space and especially our bed. That's where we sleep. That's where we are intimate. That's where we spend so much time. So I love this breeze sheet set from Buffy. They keep me cool throughout the night. This matters a lot because it's been a really hot in LA lately. So I feel like the temperature with these bed sheets are perfect. They also feel softer than normal sheets. I have noticed a difference in my sleep, which is huge because I've been an insomnia girly for my whole life. And I've been sleeping really well because I've been so comfy. And even Jonathan is obsessed with these sheets. So something for your partner to love, for you to love. They truly have the earth's softest bedding. They have a sleep cooler. They are a and recognized they've been on so many best of lists architectural digest and glamour named the buffy breeze sheet set the best bed sheets of 2023 so of course we have a special discount for you upgrade your bedding with the breeze sheet set by buffy go to buffy.co and use the code balance for 25% off your first order that's buffy.co promo code balanced for 25% off enjoy you know how excited I am to be talking about Liquid IV. Liquid IV was my first investment and it was also my best friend's company for a really long time. He was the founder, Brandon Cohen. He's been on this podcast many times. He was actually my very first guest ever. And there are a lot of reasons why you guys need to try Liquid IV. There's so many reasons why we need to stay hydrated from late night TV binging, back-to-back Zoom meetings, going on a hot girl walk. So many different reasons, including travel, athleticism, staying out late, drinking, everyday hydration is so, so, so important. And Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America, and it's now available in sugar-free. This has been years in the making, I can tell you, because I was there from day one. I used to even run their social media. How cool is that? Their hydration multiplier, sugar-free, uses a proprietary zero-sugar hydration solution with no artificial sweeteners, with three times the electrolytes of leading sport drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than drinking water alone. It's convenient. It's easy. It's delicious. They have so many good flavors. I have always loved the lemon lime. So real people, real flavor, real hydrating, now sugar-free. Get your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code balanced at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you use promo code balanced at liquidiv.com. Something else you said that I found very interesting that I just want to touch on is Edgar Casey, the work uh-huh. of Edgar Casey. I'm such a fan. He was, I mean, for everybody listening, kind of tell them who that is and what his what his work meant to you. Well, Edgar Casey was when when we moved to Phoenix, we there was a a book that had been written, which was a biography of Edgar Casey, and it sounded so real to us. And we met up with Hugh Lynn Casey and became very good friends and uh, followed the work and concepts that 
came from the Casey readings. Edgar Casey was a psychic who his whole life was dedicated to helping people find if they were in trouble, whatever the trouble, body, mind, and spirit, he would have some kind of, of way in which they could deal with it. It was an amazing, and out of it evolved a huge change of consciousness about how we humans have evolved from ancient Atlantis on the way, all the way through, and how so many of the things now are in in this time of space are being reactivated or recalled. And so in 1969, we created the ARE clinic for where we could do research on the Casey readings. And the things just really, really grew. So it was a heady time when but the Casey readings are still available. People started study groups, which I think were really important in, in the working that went on. It certainly was with us. We started our study group in 1957, and I had one in my living room until uh, about six years ago. Wow. Other things began. I didn't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, uh, it was a weekly study group and we studied the search for god book and and you know it was oh my goodness i would love fun. to be a part of that you were so ahead of your time i mean i feel like sometimes talking about psychics and clairvoyance now is even a little bit ahead of its time and you were doing this in the 50s that's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> you're amazing i'm so inspired here's another thing your heritage is so important to who you are. My parents were both medical missionaries to India, and they were taught by A.T. Still. Now, A.T. Still started the whole osteopathy, the whole concept of osteopathy. Wow. And my parents were, they met at his school, and uh, uh, they were taught by him. And then went out to India in 1914 and and, uh, took their medical work back to the jungles of North India. So we lived in tents and and, uh, out in the jungles. And, you know, for me, life was idyllic at that time. It was just everything was (laughs) made sense to me. But when I started school, everything went topsy-turvy because I couldn't read and I couldn't write. I was so dyslexic that things just jumped over the page. And my teacher thought I was a stupid person and created that label for me as a six-year-old being the stupid one in the class. And so I had to repeat first grade. And uh, of course, I just get much better. But third grade was different. In third grade, my teacher saw something in me, which the other one had not seen, because I could talk, you know, I and I could make friends and, you know, and do things. But she saw the spark of life in me. And so she appointed me class governor. 
so that I was the one that reported to the whole student body what we had done that year or something like that, you know. So it gave me uh, some place to put my energy in school. But the, but the dyslexia, you know, I still have the issue. It's, it's something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that must have been hard back then because I know people didn't understand dyslexia no. back then. My dad, who's 76, is, also has dyslexia. And I know as a child, no one understood. And he no. was told he was stupid and yeah. by his parents, by his teachers. And I know that that has stuck with him until today, you know, in many ways. So what would be your advice for overcoming some of these labels that we get in our childhood? Well, I think that the third grade teacher was very helpful with with that. But one of the things that she, one of the things that helped was at one point, our class had the opportunity to do a play for the whole student body. And the play was the frog jumped over the pool. Well, since I had was a year older than the other kids and I was bigger than the other kids, I was the one that chosen to jump over the pond. And so my mother made me a little suit that uh, she dyed green and, and I was the fog, frog. And I walked out onto the stage with great confidence because I knew I could do this. Uh-huh. But as I walked out, my... I saw my two older brothers in the front row of the audience, and it threw me off my step just enough that I didn't jump over the pond. I jumped into it. Oh, my. Into the the dishpan. Uh-huh. I'm standing there crying because I'm totally defeated. Yes. My suit is beginning to fade, and I'm standing. I can't move. I'm just frozen in place. The teacher has to come and walk me off the stage. And the audience is hysterical. They're just laughing so hard. They're just doubled up laughing. So when we got home and were at dinner, my brothers were telling my mother, uh, telling everybody how hysterical this was, how, you know, how I looked and all this. I mean, just, they were just going, I was giving them the death eye and it didn't. <laughs> Didn't do anything. But finally, my mother says, all right, boys, now you've had your fun. She said, what can we as a family do to help Gladys so that if this ever happens to her again, she won't have the audience laughing at her. She'll have them laughing with her. And I don't know what the family decided, but that has saved me through the years. Wow. When I And I've done speeches all over the place and quite often part of dyslexia is you're kind of clumsy too you know and so I'd trip and I fall and the I'd just get up and go and I'd start the talk with some thing that made people laugh like oh I'm such a drama queen or something like that and then I'd have the audience in my hand right from the start so it really really did that (laughs) you can see the progress but I didn't really accept my voice until I was 93. Wow. I was deflecting it my voice to other people and 
didn't understand that in doing that, I was really denying what it was that I was saying, although I wasn't, but it came across as that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not denying, but diminishing what I yeah. was. Yeah, wow. So, but I, I had a dream. Ed Casey work is full of encouraging you to dream. Yes, yes. Dream dreams are powerful. Yeah, when I was 93, I woke up one morning singing and laughing and singing and laughing. And it was Sunday morning, and I knew it was a Sunday morning when I woke up. And what I saw in my dream was I saw myself as nine-year-old Gladys out in the jungles of North India, peeking out of the tent flap, looking around to make sure my brother wasn't around because he was he'd tattle on me because I knew I was going to do something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And he wasn't there. Nobody was. So our thing was, as a family, we were not allowed to sing anything but hymns and pudgeons on Sunday. Okay, I thought that was a stupid rule. And, you know, being nine years old and really wise. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So I was nobody was around. And I ran as fast as I could up the mango tree, clear up to the top. And I'm sitting in the top and I'm singing. I'm singing, oh, the caterpillar song or anything else that I could think of. And every so often I look over my right shoulder and up there, Jesus is in the tree with me. And he's laughing. And I say to him, Jesus loves the little children, right? And he laughs really hard and he says, yes. So I go back to my singing and then I get to doubting, you know, are you really sure? And I go back and I say, I'm still a little children, right? And he says, (laughs) so I go back. So I go back to my singing and I woke up with that and I realized what I had been doing with my voice, that I had not really accepted the fact Mm -hmm. my voice had something that needed to be And that I needed to realize that Jesus liked what I was saying. I mean, you know. Yeah, and that you're loved for what you have to say. That is so cool. And I'm such a believer in the power of dreams. Wow. And it changed your life at 93, which brings me to my next question. So my dad, who's 76, he says all the time, I'm too old to change. I'm too old to change my mind about that. Oh, it's too late for me to get started on this or that. What would be your advice to people who feel that way? Well, give him, first of all, give him my book. I will. Yeah, because he's just a young and compared to the wisdom that you have. Yeah. He's listened to too many other people and he's just 76. And I was 93 when I still believed that, you know, so Mm -hmm. I was still doing what I was doing because I had to do what I was doing. I mean, I, I didn't understand about life and movement but I, my soul knew about life and movement. And I knew that this work had to be done. I also knew that I had come to earth this time in order to be a physician. And I told my parents when I was two that I was a doctor. And uh, 
my sister wouldn't let me play with her dolls because my dolls were always in, <laughs> needing to be fixed and stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was that kind of a inner knowing. And I have three great granddaughters who are six, and they all three are saying they're going to be doctors. And I've I have a great grandson who is four, and he is already announced. And sometimes you know right from the beginning what you need to do. And it may take a long time for you to really find out what you have to do. But it's there. Mm -hmm. It's within you. And if you can actually continue to look for, look for it, you'll find it. Yeah, that's such good advice. I love that so much. And I have to ask you, when's your birthday? What's your zodiac sign? November 30th. I'm a, I'm a Sagittarian. Oh, you're a Sagittarius. My baby, my little boy is a Sagittarius. Yeah. He's about 101 years younger than you, but two Sagittariuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. What are your plans for, for the future? I mean, you feel good and you have yeah. this incredible longevity behind you and ahead of you. So what are your plans? Well, you know, there are a lot of things I can't do that I used to do. I mean, my eyesight is not very good. In fact, I can't read now, but I have audio books. And so, you know, my eyesight might be bad, but my vision is still clear. Mm. So uh, there, you find what you can do, which are isn't the same as when I was younger. Although I live in with my bedroom upstairs, and I made sure of this so that I would continue to go up and down the steps. I built this little casita, and I built it built it so that I had the responsibility to, to myself of going up and down the oh, steps. I love that. I still do that. And I walk with a walker, but I try very hard to get uh, 3,800 steps in a day. And just, I started at 1,500 and worked up gradually until I'm getting that many steps because I need to make my body move. Move, absolutely. Oh, that is so inspiring. I'm so incredibly inspired by you. And as we wrap up this conversation, I know we talked about the first three longevity secrets. Let's just quickly say, and you can just name them. What are the last three? Well, actually, love is the great healer. Mm, yes. Love is the essence. But then everything is a teacher. Mm -hmm. yes. Everything that happens to us in life is a teacher. And we need to use our juice wildly. You know, don't try to save your juice like in a, a bank or something. You know, you store it. It doesn't work that. But if you understand that you have this juice, with it, first of all, you got to recognize it. You know, you have to understand that every one of us are here at this time with our special juice that no one else has and as we share that juice with other people life goes on i totally agree with you gladys this was 
so special to do with you. Honestly, one of the most special conversations I've had on this podcast. You're so wise and the definition of a life well lived. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes, GladysMcGarry.com. Oh, incredible. Easy. Well, thank you so much. This was very, very special. And I'm honored to have had this conversation with you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.